Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Talking Tradesman. Today we have a very special guest. We have Diane Porterfield Bourne. Um, Diane has come in. Diane is an expert in the menopause. Now, I know what you're thinking at this stage. Don't hit skip, but let me explain my thinking here. So, unfortunately, one of the major triggers for men that take their own lives is the breakdown of a relationship. And one of the major triggers of relationship breakdowns between the age of 40 and 60 are the onset of the menopause. Now, I think from that perspective, it'd be fantastic for us men to get the lowdown on exactly what menopause is, what it does, how it affects women, and also what we can do to support the women in our lives, whether that's partners, whether that's mothers, whether that's sisters, friends, all of us have got women in our lives, even if we haven't got a romantic partner. So Diane, thank you very much for coming in today and let's talk. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Thank you for um, asking me to come. Yeah, I'm Diane Porterfield born menopause nurse practitioner. I'm from Starport. Um, nice and local. Born and bred. Yes, walked here today. Um, and yeah, I've been nursing for 35 years. Wow, okay. Um, I've been a a nurse prescriber for a few years, nurse practitioner for about 20 years. Okay. And I started Born to Care about just over 10 years ago. Um, I then decided to just specialise more in menopause through a chance meeting with a lady one day who just said to me, um, I've got I've had a really rough time through my menopause. I've had a hysterectomy and mm. I haven't had any support. Hysterectomy, and... that, that can bring on the menopause, can't it? Yeah, so she, she'd had a womb removed in her ovaries. So she mm. went, that's a, what we call surgical menopause. Okay. So she went straight into the menopause because once you actually remove your ovaries, uh, your ovaries are your glands that produce your female hormones, or most of them. Mm. And she went straight from one day she was fine, and then it was like falling off a cliff. And she wow. was really struggling with lots of aspects of her health, but predominantly uh, her emotional health. Well, I think that's the way we'll approach this today. Um, certainly my own lack of knowledge or ignorance of the menopause um, is kind of go at it from a, an idiot's guide to, because I think getting that knowledge out there of exactly what it is, how it works. So I guess we'll start at the beginning. So can you explain in, you know, idiot's terms, as it were, <laughs> uh, what is the menopause or what causes the menopause? So what happens is that um, we're, women are born with a certain number of eggs in their ovaries. And that's obviously for you to be able to conceive and have children. So literally, the moment you're born, the number of eggs just completely dwindles down and down and mm. down and down. You, you know, you, when you're developing in your, in your mom's womb, you're born, you've got millions of them. By the time you're actually born, it's gone down to a, a lesser number. So over the years, the number of eggs gets less and less and less. So when the number of eggs starts to dwindle to a certain crisis point, the body then says, hmm, something's going on here. Um, we've got no eggs left. We don't need to conceive. We don't need you to have any more children. That's it. It's done. So different hormones go up to the brain and they talk to the ovaries and it's a bit of a process toing and froing. And that's the point that we would identify as being the perimenopause. So the perimenopause okay. is the stage leading up to the ending of periods. See, I've heard that expression. Yeah. Um, my wife will probably shoot me for saying this now. But my wife's in her early 40s. Um, so she has mentioned that word a few times, yeah. like peri perimenopausal. And so that is like a, 
preempt of full menopause, is it? Yeah, it's leading up to the ending of your periods. Okay. So the perimenopause, on average, lasts anything between four to seven years. Right. So that's the time right. that the ovaries are just starting to think, I don't need to work as much as I did. Um, and as the ovarian, the ovaries stop functioning to the best of their ability because they don't need to produce any more eggs mm. anymore. Um, hormonal changes start. So the ovaries start to go into what called hibernation. They just start to slowly, slowly, slowly shut down over a period of years. And what age does this, is there like a, a bracket of normal age range for this to happen? Most women enter the perimenopause on average in your mid 40s. Okay. It can happen in your early 40s. It can happen before the age of 40. Now, before the age of 40 is very important to understand is something called, it's a bit of a mouthful, a premature ovarian insufficiency or very early menopause. And we used to think it used to affect about 1% of the population, but it's not. It's more than that. It's about 3 to 4% of women. And that means from a very young age, they're going to have low levels of female hormones. Okay. So they'll go the experience of menopause very soon. So I mean, three to four percent, it doesn't sound a lot, but it is, isn't it? Because I always think of it as that's three to four out of a hundred. Yeah. And if you put that in terms of, for example, something easy easy to visualize, like school classrooms are thirty people. So out of every three classrooms, you're gonna have three or four people that are gonna suffer with that. Yeah. So again, that's across the demographic of the UK, that's going to be quite a high amount of women, isn't it? Yeah, that will be impacting on their physical and their mm. emotional well-being. What would the, the first, because although the majority of the listeners of this podcast, I think at the moment the demographic is 65-35 split male to female. Um, so we have got quite a, again, a large percentage of ladies that are listening. What would be the first indicator of entering perimenopause? first symptom that's most common is um, an impact on your sleep pattern. So suddenly you're not sleeping as well as you used to. So the female hormones that your ovaries produce are predominantly estrogen, progesterone and testosterone. So as estrogen levels start to rise and fall, we call it fluctuating because that's the process during the perimenopausal stage. Your hormones are up and down and up and down. It's like a roller coaster. So you could go for like a couple of weeks, you don't feel too bad, and then you feel really rough. Mm. So the one thing that's impacted first for most women is sleep. So as estrogen levels start to fall, it affects the levels of melatonin production. So that impacts your sleep patterns as well. Okay. Um, so estrogen affects your sleep, or lack of estrogen. And then other things happen, things like brain fog. Um, mm. Can't remember what you've, uh, if you've sent an email or whether you've, taken a parcel to the post office or um done your weekly shop or i'm smiling because that actually sounds like me at the moment can i get can i get my menopause <laughs> but yeah so yeah. Yeah, so yeah sorry to interrupt no it's like brain so brain fog can really impact people mm. um you know particularly work um so yeah. yeah and then the other things are things like um increased anxiety really significant for some mm. women um, you know, some women feel that they just can't leave the house. They can't drive their car. I mean, they can't go on holiday. Because I'm, I'm listening to this now, and it all sounds pretty horrific to to experience yeah. that. Um, what's the best if if somebody listening to this either a thinks that that might be them, or b thinks that maybe that's my partner or my, you know, like say maybe it's a mother that you you're thinking of, or a sister or a friend. What 
I guess we'll, we'll approach this from two different directions. So firstly, if you're the male listening here and you're noticing maybe that your partner's not sleeping as well or any of those symptoms that you just mentioned, what can we do? What, what can we do to help or what help is out there to help with these symptoms? Or is it just, you know what, you've just got to buckle up and ride it out? No, I think that's the one thing we, we don't advise that you do. It's more mm. the fact that identifying, you know, if you're sleeping next to your partner, for example, and you notice that they're very, very restless, you think, well, they're not normally like this. What's going on? So it could be something as basic as the fact they've got something on their mind. They're worrying about something. So they're just not sleeping very well. Mm. But if you're noticing that their mood has changed, that they're feeling a bit lower than they used to be, um, they haven't got that sort of like, you know, their zest, their motivation, their mojo. Mm. They're just looking a bit flatter, just a bit more can't be bothered. And it's no reflection on you. I think that's the most important thing. Mm. It's a very, very personal thing that a woman feels. And women don't understand what that feeling is. They just know they don't feel right. Mm. They can't verbalize it. It's incredibly difficult. And it's often when I see women for the first time that they turn around and they cry yeah, I can imagine. because it's such a release to go, what you've just said, that is how I've been feeling for two years. Yeah. But they didn't know what it was. They just feel sort of lost in this emptiness of not knowing why they feel like they do. Like I said, it's mm. no reflection on, on partners or the woman themselves. It's just this stage that they're going through that a lot of women don't identify and don't pick up on the early signs and if you don't know the early signs of how why you're feeling the way you do partners haven't got a chance no. because you know how can we explain all oh, the reason that i don't want to go out every friday night or meet my friends or book a holiday um is mm. because of the menopause that's that's easy you know and we can we can work through that but it's this just not knowing just feeling your confidence is completely gone Everything makes you really anxious. And underneath this, this is down to hormone. Lower levels of hormone. So the perimenopause mm. then. So your ovaries are producing less and less of your female hormones. They rise and they fall, but they're predominantly falling, um, which brings on all the symptoms we associate with menopause. And the perimenopausal stage is generally the time that women really struggle with their physical and mental health symptoms. Because that's the point where, the, I guess, with perimenopause, that's where you, almost you get blindsided by it and all of, there's this big change and you don't really yeah. know what's happening. By the time you've processed that and entered full menopause, maybe knowing that you're going through menopause is a bit of a mental relief where you can actually realise why. That that's happening. Yeah. Does that so make what, sense? Yeah. Well, what happens with with um, your periods is that in the very early stages of the perimenopause, mm. you can still be having regular monthly periods, and you're thinking, you know, so there's no nothing, physical symptoms yeah, to back up. So it's nothing how you're to feeling. do with that for the time. Mm. And then you might realise that you've gone six weeks without a period, when normally you'd have a period every four weeks. Mm. And then you might go every um, every six or eight weeks without a period. Then you might have a, a heavier period. You go, oh, all right, okay, mm, something's changing, but I don't know what. So mm. as soon as your period cycle starts to change, that's generally something that people think something's changing here, but I don't really know what it is. And then they think, okay, well, I've just got to carry on um, and just see how I feel. And until you've completed 12 months without a period, you've then actually completed the menopause. Oh, so the menopause... Completed it. Completed it. The menopause okay. is actually, the day you enter the menopause is the first day of your very last period. 
Right. So I'm always asking people the same old question. When was the first day of your last period? And they go, oh, most people keep it, you know, have got logs and, um, mm. and keep them in their, their phones so they know. And so that's how it's been like, you know, two months and had a period, what, they're perimenopausal. And so just keep an eye on it. So just keep a record of it. And so it's been six months since I've had a period. So no bleeding at all. No, nothing. Mm. Um, and then people say, you know, it's been 11 months since I've had a period. Well, at that point in time, we're virtually at the point that they've completed the menopause. Okay. So completed isn't the fact that once you've completed it, everything goes away mm. if, if further from it. It's just the stopping of your periods. Right. Okay. So... Yeah, because that's what when you said completed, I was kind of thinking, okay, so is that like the the year of all this disruption, and then after that, the things rebalance, do they resettle? No, no. no. for for most women, it doesn't. Very mm. rare. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind to think of anybody it has, but no, it doesn't. Things okay. we're all different, and I think that's the most important thing. Some women have very few symptoms, and they go, they say to me. Oh, I didn't even I didn't go through the menopause. Well, that, that that's not the case. That they they had mild symptoms mm. that they didn't pick up were menopause related. Some women have fairly moderate symptoms. It's quite clear that they've got menopausal symptoms. Other women have very severe symptoms that impact every aspect of their lives. Yeah, and they can be extremely severe, can't they, Diane? Because yeah. I did a little bit of research, obviously, prior to you coming on today, and one of the things that jumped out at me with this being a, a podcast to raise awareness for mental health is that the largest age group for women that take their own lives is between 45 and 55, yeah. which correlates to the onset, I guess, of perimenopause. And that is the most dangerous time for a woman. Uh, when it comes to, as I say, taking your own life. And that outweighs, I think the other large age group is like 15 to 19, which I guess is, so again, it's hormonal. Yeah. It's sort of going through that that teenage years and all the hormonal changes. So it just shows how severe those hormonal changes can be. And it's as well, it's that why is it that some women have very significant mental health effects from the menopause mm. and other women don't? Um, I've been doing a lot of research into neurodiversity, so mm. um, autistic ADHD women yeah. um, will have more mental health potentially. Mm. But what we're realizing is that there's about 75% of women are undiagnosed attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, so ADHD. Okay, is that, um, is that 75%? Undiagnosed um, because... If we think of, you know, I'm in my early 50s, um, right. autism and ADHD wasn't something that was talked about, identified, certainly not picked up at school, mm. other than the, the, the typical, stereotypical, you know, and inverted was naughty schoolboy throwing chairs around a yeah, room. Absolutely. Go, oh, you know, he's got behavioural problems. Oh, he's got a problem, is what we would say. Problem child, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. That, and that was it. That's as far as it went. And it wasn't until not not that long ago that it was identified that girls could actually have a neurodiversity as well so mm. all that undiagnosed in particular could have a significant impact on mental health and well-being of menopausal women because we call it a life event like entering mm. puberty is a life event entering the menopause is a life-changing event as well so when hormones fluctuate and fall it can trigger lots of different activity in the brain that deal with coping and yeah. mental health as well. And that can be more severe with people that have got underlying mental health conditions yeah. such as ADHD and autism. Potentially, yes. I mean, mm -hmm. 
I, I always think to myself, how many women are out there that are thinking, oh, that, that doesn't apply to me. But until you speak to somebody, and I speak to a lot of people, and I'm picking up a lot of women mm. that potentially do have undiagnosed, certainly hormonal imbalances or potentially a neurodiversity um, that are undiagnosed and they didn't know but they're really, really struggling with their hormones. So what is mm. it that some women cope okay with them and other women have very significant, you know, thought of taking their own lives as well? Yeah. I mean, what would you, because pre-record we were talking about this, um, and what you said was that communication is key. Yeah. Um, so I think, again, one of the purposes of the podcast is to try and break down that stigma of talking when, when you feel that way. You know, because I think everybody around you, all of your family, friends and, and everyone that loves you would certainly rather you speak and say, look, I'm feeling this way. I've considered I'm having suicidal thoughts that can then potentially lead you on to get some help. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of the undiagnosed ADHD and, and things like that, what what would be the key presenting factors of somebody that was undiagnosed with ADHD? But I think as, as um, <clears throat> excuse me, as women generally, we're very good at mimicking and coping. Mm. So, um, for example, um, a, a schoolgirl, she might have undiagnosed neurodiversity, but she'll be copying and mimicking the behavior of, of other people in the class. Mm. They stand in a certain way. They behave in a certain way. They laugh a certain way. So they will mimic that behavior to fit in. Okay. So... That will then continue. So this is something called camouflaging or masking that neurodiverse people are incredibly skilled at doing, but at the detriment of their mental health, it really, really affects their mental health because they're not being true to themselves. Mm. The way I describe it, it's a bit like, you know, if you go to a job interview, you put on your best suit, you clean your shoes, you stand upright, you've done your homework, yeah. you smile at the right people, shake their hand in a certain way. And it's quite stressful trying to remember all the lines that you've got to say. Mm. And that's like a job interview. You walk out and think, oh, thank goodness that's over. But if you imagine you lived your whole life like that. It's behind closed doors, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. And it's only in a very safe, secure environment, predominantly your home, um, that women can let that guard down, can remove that camouflage and be their true selves. And society doesn't allow yeah, people to be them true selves. Yeah. And this is the problem. It's a, long, it's a deep conversation there because I've got my own views on society and societal pressures. Um, I had a really interesting conversation with a lady called Susie Bennett who's just done her PhD in male suicide research. Mm. And that was one of the underlying factors there was societal pressures and yeah. what's expected of us, how we're expected to behave. And from a man's point of view, you know, in terms of the fear of failure and how failure is perceived. But I guess with menopause, how, how does that translate into women? Like, the the end of your reproductive cycle. I mean, that must be a big psychological impact yes. overall anyway. But again, it affects everybody differently. So mm. some women will be jumping up and down for joy, thinking no more contraception and that's yeah. the end. Thank goodness that's going to be over. It's ultimately going to have no more periods, yay, particularly mm. if they've had lots of gynecological problems, you know, really heavy periods, really affected them. Yeah. We're jumping up and down, going, thank goodness that's going to all come to an end. So that's the bleeding aspect of it. I would imagine most hormones. women are probably glad to see the back yeah. of that. Particular, no more contraception. Yeah 
fear of pregnancy. Mm. Um, but it's the the lack of hormones that impact people. Yeah. So your ovaries, once they sort of like reduce function and then just stop functioning, as in postmenopausal women. So when you get mm. completed the menopause, 12 months without a period, you're postmenopausal and you will yeah. be postmenopausal all your life. So the symptoms then can ease some for some women as mm. they go into their 60s, 70s. For some women, they don't. So the effects of having low levels of female hormones, so reduced anxiety, insomnia, muscular aches and mm. pains, brain fog, um, vaginal symptoms, low libido, exhaustion, mm. all these things, they can impact women all of their lives. I think, but they often yeah. they do ease, so they do ease. One of the things that you touched on there being low libido, um, I mean, that's, again, please don't shoot me down for this, but from a male perspective, from a partner's perspective, I guess that would be like one of the big red flags that might lead, because I'm looking at it from my shoes and I'm thinking, okay, so if my partner just, you know, sort of lost her sex drive, how would I feel about that? And it's not about me. I'm not trying to make it, you know, like, a, a, I mean, that might come across as selfish, but in reality, it's a big part of most relationships. Yeah. And I would imagine then that's a key factor for relationship breakdown. Um, I guess there's no expectation, but is there anything that, is there any help available? Yeah, there is. I mean, I think the most important thing, I see women all over the UK and provide private menopause services. Mm. So I have time to listen to them and get a real understanding of what's going on in their lives. And particularly when I review women, some women I've been seeing for years, and I can see how getting the right support and predominantly the right HRT for most women transforms lives. But it's about having somebody that understands the menopause that can listen. So once you actually understand what's going on and the changes that have happened in the body, you then start to realize that actually it's not me going crazy. Mm. Um, it's not me losing the plot and the reason that I can't find my car all the time is through the menopause. And the reason that my re relationship isn't as it was is through the menopause. And what mm. I always say to people is that you need to talk to your partners. Yeah, You need to talk to the people that are closest to your children. That's it, because I think, it, so my natural assumption, if, if my partner, you know, the libido dropped and was no longer interested in sex, I think most people's natural reaction would be, they've gone off me. Yeah. They've gone off me, there's something going on, they don't love me anymore, the desire isn't there anymore, and then that manifests in the other half to, you know, potentially, as I say, the, the trigger of, of the beginning of a, a relationship breakdown. So key to that would be communication. And I think it's a case that people need to talk about it. Mm. But the woman herself has got to know that the way she's feeling is because of the menopause. Yeah. And then the more you communicate with your partner, you'll be able to say that actually it's not you, it's me. And when I speak to ladies all the time, the general feeling that I get from women is they say, my partner's ever so understanding, but. Yeah. But it's not a but in a, in a very negative way. They want to feel better. They want to have a healthy sex life. They want mm. to be close and intimate with their partners, but they just don't understand why they just don't have any desire anymore. They say, mm. oh, you know, I, I fancy the pants off him. That hasn't changed. I love him to bits. 
but I don't know why I don't feel I can I can do it. I can be intimate and have sex with them and mm. cuddle them anymore. And a lot of it can stem from the fact that you've got low female hormones. You're just not going to feel yourself. You're going to be exhausted. You it's often really, it's have really body hard, isn't it? Like I'm sat here yeah. now thinking that sounds horrific. Yeah, you know? and it, it can be. There's a lot of women that are really struggling. Mm. Um, but it's the case that once, and also vaginal symptoms. When you go through the menopause, a lot of women have vaginal dryness that makes sex impossible or certainly uncomfortable. Mm. And so, you know, I talk to women all the time about this. It's very common. And I say, you know, unless you, you have an assessment, you talk to somebody about it, mm. you're not going to know what it is. You're not going to have the right vaginal estrogens potentially or certainly HRT. And then sex can be comfortable again. And mm. I've seen the difference with people once we give them the right treatment and I explain what's going on. Oh, I didn't know that's what that was. Yeah. And suddenly they can have sex again. I mean, overarchingly, I know this is a really broad sta statement, but as a partner to, to a woman going through menopause, what can we do to support and be the best that we can be to try and help? Like, what would you say? Is there anything that you can say that the partner should do or try to adopt to help? Well, first of all, you know your partner better than anybody because some women mm. will take great offence if you go, is it the menopause? Um, but other women won't. Yeah. Sometimes it's about putting some leaflets out. I know one man, he, he bought um, a book all about the menopause and he placed it to, on the coffee table next to his wife and said, I think you need to read this. That's the strong I've, re I've, I've read it and I really <laughs> yeah. think you need to read it. But she actually was very offended at it and I actually yeah. talked around and I said, he's really trying here. Yeah. And I said, I think that's brilliant that he's done that for you. Yeah. So maybe talking about the menopause um, and maybe watching podcasts and um, mm. different things online about it. But just think, oh, the penny will drop at some point. Oh, maybe it is the menopause. Then once there's that realisation that it's the menopause and this is it's quite normal to feel like this, mm. it's not our relationship and it's not you it's how menopause impacts women and makes most women feel the same. Then you've got that sort of like groundwork there, that sort of like bond. You go, well, yeah. actually, you know, you aren't to blame for this and neither am I actually. It's just the way it is. So what are we going to do about it? How can we make mm. things better? Maybe you want to go to the doctors together. Maybe you want to watch stuff online together. Uh, maybe just then get down to the nitty gritty of what's going on in your relationship. Maybe you aren't mm. happy. Maybe you just need to you know, have a good conversation and get it all out in the open. Because obviously there can be a lot of animosity and resentment as yeah. well. So by talking about it, so, you know, I don't mean to be not in the mood. I find you attractive, but I just don't know why I feel like I do. And mm. if you think, well, actually, is this the menopause making me feel like this? Then talking to somebody that understands the menopause can make a huge difference. I, bet. I, I mean, see it all the time. And the, the thing is, in reality, to all the men listening right now, it's an inescapable truth that your partner will go through the menopause. Yeah. It's not like it happens to some and not others. Yeah. This will happen to every female. So it's an inescapable truth. And I think from a man's point of view, we have a certain duty to our partners, a certain responsibility to all the women in our lives, partners, daughters, mothers, to actually spend some time looking into the menopause, yeah. do the research, find out what it is, how it works, what to expect. Um, so we're not blindsided because in reality, everybody's natural reaction to a change in their partner is to bring it back to themselves and either blame themselves or doubt themselves. 
I might be just speaking about myself because I know that's what I would do. If my wife over the next couple of months changed drastically in, in her sort of output towards me, you know, emotionally, intimately, I would automatically think it's me. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily firsthand think, is this menopause? Um, so I think, as I say, us men have a responsibility to to learn and I think it should be highlighted more. I think it should be a hell of a lot more yeah. public because when something is going to affect 100% of the female population, really, we should be educated about it. Yeah, because you might be the person that picks up because you're living with them. Mm. It's like people, you know, when you're working with colleagues, you know, lots of male managers yeah. have got wives and moms as well. Yeah. And they need to be learning about menopause. But with relationships, the more you can learn, the more you can spot the signs and go, gosh, I wonder if that's what it is. Mm. Particularly if your partner's in her 40s, at some point she will be experiencing per perimenopausal symptoms. So if you've mm. noticed that she's not sleeping as she was, that she looks a bit, a bit down or a bit more troubled than she was, it could be something as very light as that. Or more significant symptoms that you know your partner's always had mental health problems but wow things have got really bad now mm. why what is it that's instigated this and instead of blaming yourself or your partner for it say well i wonder what's going on what is it and it's if nothing mm. else getting down to the bottom of what it is whether it's a problem at work children are driving you mad financial yeah. problems but if nothing else you'll get down to the bottom of it but as you said menopause will impact every woman mm. and it will impact everybody that associates with her and lives with her it's a good point diane though isn't it like the the communication as to getting down to the root of what the problem is even if it isn't the menopause it's still worth getting down to the root of what yeah. the issue is if, if your partner's feeling stressed and anxious and you don't know why and you have that conversation and it might be like you said that there's pressures at work it might be there's pressures with the kids it could be anything that isn't menopause but it's still a positive to find out what that is yeah so you can't really go wrong and maybe the best approach is not to go you know boy are you going through menopause yeah. <laughs> um, but to have a more sensitive conversation to say look I've noticed I've noticed a few things this is what I've noticed you know what's going on Do you, is, is something happening I think what I always say, because women speak to me about this, and I do do talks for men as well about this, mm. and it can be quite difficult. How do you broach the subject with your partner without taking them taking great offence? That would be a great tip. Um, and I always say about, you know, say that you've watched something online, say that you've had to talk about it at work, say that you've mm. overheard some of the, the women at work talking about menopause and how it's impacted them and their relationships and go, I was just wondering if there's something that's impacting us at all. Yeah. So in a very light way, you're not pointing the finger and blaming. It's just a very third-person approach. You know, somebody was talking in the pub mm. or I overheard a conversation about this. And I thought, you know, it sounded a bit like how you've, you've been. You haven't been sleeping particularly well. And I, I didn't know why. And I, I wondered if there was something wrong or is there something bothering you about anything? And it's a case of being very non-judgmental and being very open with yeah. your questioning, you know. I want to I want to help, but I don't know what I can do. Mm. Is there anything I can do? Maybe it's the fact that woman's feeling disrespected yeah. and taken for granted. But the big question is why? why? If that's yeah. always been in the relationship, then that's just you as a couple. Mm. But if it hasn't and something has changed, then the ultimate question is, what is it that's changed? 
I think as well, it's worth sort of mentioning that the combination potentially of a woman entering menopause and not really knowing what's going on and a man's most men's natural instinct i think would be fair to say is to fix it not necessarily to listen <laughs> but it's like here's a problem yeah. right how do we fix it so if you notice that your wife feel is feeling anxious you just want to fix it you know and it comes from a good place it comes from a protective place trying to look after your family but and i'm guilty of it you know the first thing i want if i see a problem it's like right what can i do to fix that and by the sounds of it, this is not a problem that we as men can fix. I think that that's a really important point. I speak to so many ladies and we have this, we, we end up laughing about it, that the men are always trying to fix the problem to give a solution. Yeah. And I, I laugh and I say, all you want them to do is to listen. And they're mm. like, yep, that's what I want you to do. Don't want you to fix anything. They just want, to, women just want to offload and go, this is how I'm feeling at the moment. Because if you're trying to work out what's going on in your head and your mm. body, you don't particularly know what it is. You don't want your partners to jump in and go, oh, it's this, 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 and this, when yeah. they could be completely wrong and go, well, no, that's not what it is. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I just know I don't feel myself. I don't feel right, but I don't know why. I'm thinking, I'm reflecting on myself. That would be my natural reaction. If my wife sat there and said, you know, I'm not sleeping very well, I'd be, you know, we'll get an early night. We'll do this. Well, you know, you're working too hard or you do, it would be to offer solutions and quite rightly, I think I'm going to have to work on that one myself. Yeah, it's is, not it's not offering you know. solutions. It's just listening mm. because we will talk to our girlfriends that will give us the solutions mm. um, and they will listen as well. But our partners, we just want somebody to listen. And if we want you to help, we say, what do you think I can do to, to fix that? There must be a relief, I guess, if to have that conversation and to identify that it might be menopause or perimenopause. That must be quite a weight lifted once you realize that it's yeah. a biological hormonal thing yeah. it's not an external sort of impact on you that that must be quite a a, a good moment yeah you know even though it's reflecting on changes that are potentially negative um but to know the cause of something has got to be a relief I, and that goes for everything if you know the cause of why you're feeling the way that you do you then have a, a plan Mm. You've got something to work towards, right? Now I know what the cause of this is. What am I going to do about it? You can either continue to put your head in the sand or you can think, well, actually, my work is really struggling and my yeah. relationship is struggling because of this. So I owe it to myself and my family and my partner to go, right, this needs a bit of adjusting. It needs a bit of fixing. How one am I going to deal with it? And then how are we going to deal with it as well? Where do we go yeah. from here? Can we talk about that, Diane, then? Because the way I'm sat here at the moment, again, not knowing a fat lot, um, I'm thinking there's two options, which is one, some kind of medical. So I've heard of HRT. I don't know a lot about it, to be honest. Um, I've heard some positives and some negatives and some concerns around HRT. Um, and the way I'm thinking at the minute is kind of like two options, which is either A, you ride it out, and don't receive any intervention and kind of, I guess, hope that you come out the other side without any severe issues in between, or there's getting medical intervention being in the form of things like HRT. Yeah. What is HRT? It's hormone replacement therapy. So what HRT is, it's virtually all of it these days is what we call body identical. So it's mimicking mm -hmm. 
the exact same structure of the hormones that your ovaries are no longer producing. So I always say to people, it does not get any better than this. You're basically putting back into your body the hormones that your ovaries are no longer producing. And people say, well, why would you want to do that? Well, again, you've got a choice. You don't have to do anything. Mm. And you can just ride it out. But it's about quality of life. Absolutely. So what hormone yeah. replacement therapy does is it's never going to stop the menopause. Mm. That's an, You can't stop that process. Um, HRT doesn't delay the menopause. That That's just impossible. It just doesn't okay. work like that. It's about treating the effects of it. So, you know, if you woke up with, well, if I woke up with a, a really bad headache, I can either sort of like grit my teeth and persevere and think I'm going to have this headache all day long. Mm. Or I think I'll just pop a cup of over-the-counter medications and it'll be gone in half an hour. So it's the symptom of it. Now, the fact is that I might have a migraine because I need my eyes testing or there's another health condition going on. Mm. In the early stage, you think, okay, well, it's a symptom. So what HRT does is it relieves the symptoms that you experience of the menopause. So insomnia, muscular aches and pains, brain fog, mm. mental health problems, low libido, all of these are predominantly because you have low levels of hormones. So the only way you're going to get your hormones back up to reduce all those symptoms is to top your hormones back up again. Okay. So in the, in the HRT then, do you just take HRT while you're going through the menopause or afterwards as well? You can take it lifelong. Right. It's We always say it's as long as the benefit of it outweighs the risk. Mm. What is the risk? Uh, not a lot, to be honest. Um, there's a very small risk of developing breast cancer when you take HRT. That's what I see. I, I don't know a lot about it, so I wouldn't want to taint the sort of argument either way. But that is what I'd heard is it's potentially carcinogenic in terms of increasing I, risks I, of cancer. I think it's about who you speak to. I've mm. read research for years about this. Um, the, the, the facts of it relating to um, developing breast cancer are low to virtually zero. Mm. you've got a much greater chance of developing breast cancer by your, um, not even your own genetics, um, your lifestyle choices. Of course. So people yeah. that are overweight have about a 50% increased risk of developing breast cancer. Mm. If you drink excessive alcohol, you've got an increased risk of developing breast cancer. Mm. This is versus taking HRT. And also, I would imagine, you know, if you're in that really dark place where you're having things like suicidal thoughts, your quality of life versus retaining, going back to a, a normal mindset, as it were. Um, not to say that, you know, it's worth the gamble, but essentially that's what I'm trying to say. I wouldn't class this HRT as a gamble. Mm. It's the benefits of HRT for years outweigh risks. Um, NICE guidelines written in 2015 were very clear. So as health professionals, it gives us a lot of guidance. Mm. And the NICE guidelines state that it should be first-line treatment for menopausal symptoms. Okay. But it is a personal choice. So yeah. I don't ever say to anybody, you've got to do this or you've got to do that. It's about giving people the research and the facts, not so hearsay. HRT is sounding a lot to me like TRT which obviously for men after 40, they can look at getting a blood test done and have testosterone replacement therapy for dropping testosterone levels. Is it just a, a similar thing, but for women? Not really, okay. um, because it's, it's, a, it's a fundamental change in the ending of your reproductive life. Mm. So lower levels of testosterone impact men. I'm not saying that at all, but there's not a biological change mm. in that respect. 
lower levels of testosterone can be the fact that you just need extra testosterone without shadow of a doubt. But there are many other factors that will impact on that mm. testosterone. Stress, for example. Oh, again, lifestyle choices Absolutely. play a big part. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with the menopause, it's more the, the symptoms of it. And what hormone replacement therapy does is not only reduce your symptoms that you're experiencing to improve your quality of life, but it's about improving your long-term health mm. as well. Cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, strokes, um, high blood pressure, um, they're the things that are going to affect women more than breast cancer ever will. Mm. I'm not saying that breast cancer doesn't affect people and it doesn't kill people. I know that. But the, it's the facts, look at the numbers. Yeah. And the numbers are that cardiovascular disease will um, kill more women than breast cancer ever will. In as as you rightly said, it's a personal choice, isn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. But to me, from what you've said, I think retaining that quality of life is paramount. I don't think there's much more important than that. Um, I guess depending on the severity of yeah. the symptoms of menopause for yeah. each woman. Very much so. And it's about talking to people that understand about menopause that can give you a good viewpoint, a good overview mm. of the risks and the benefits. And it has to be individualized for you. So what suits your best friend isn't necessarily going to be what you need at all. Yeah. Or the advice will be very different. Um, so it's speaking to medically qualified menopause people that are specializing in menopause there's lots of gps that do lots of specialist courses in menopause as well as nurse practitioners as myself um so it's speaking to medically qualified people that mm. can explain to you what your risk benefits are and are there again ask an ignorant question but is there a test of any variety like as a as a woman can you have a, a blood test on to check your hormone levels you can have blood tests to check hormone levels, but it depends what you're looking for and why you're looking for them. Mm. Again, it depends on um, the person that's doing the test and their knowledge and understanding of interpreting the blood results. But under the age of 45, you can have blood tests that will help diagnose menopause, but those bloods are notoriously inaccurate. Oh, okay. I don't generally get those bloods done at all. Um, I generally see people um, before, um, people that aren't on any HRT, for example, I will say to them, you don't need any blood tests before I see you. Right. Because that, yeah, most of it is, like, most of a consultation is based on symptoms. Okay. So somebody comes to me, they're in their 40s or early 50s, and they're having hot flushes, night sweats, brain fog, joints, insomnia. It's menopause until proved otherwise. Okay. Um, and that's when you do a consultation, you're constantly analysing what people are saying do i think it's this do i think it's that is it mm. something more significant that they definitely need to see their doctor about or is this just bog standard normal menopausal symptoms that they need some specific help with and then blood tests after they've been on hrt will see what their levels of female hormones are and what we can adjust right. maybe we need to increase it maybe need to need to add a testosterone to it it gives us that chance then to have a really good discussion about these are your symptoms. Your symptoms have improved. Your bloods, maybe we need to mm. tweak these a little bit and actually introduce different I hormones. guess I'm just asking that question again from a, a male point of view um, of, you know, maybe that there's people sat there listening, thinking, well, I wonder if she can get a blood test. Yeah. So it's answered that question. So thanks for that. Um, but if I guess if you're at that point where maybe you've had that conversation and you've identified, well, maybe this is menopause, and maybe within your relationship or the lady themselves has decided that they want some help 
what's the first step what what do they do I think what I would personally do is to if you can to speak to your partner about it to start with mm. and have a really good conversation about your symptoms what how do you feel because what you might think is important to you you might think that you know you're you're sleeping quite well but your partner might go you, you haven't slept well for months mm. I didn't know that so it's about getting it down so oh crikey so my sleep pattern has really been affected so and it might be that they have noticed that you're a lot more clumsy or you're a lot more forgetful about things you go I'm not so you know you might cause a bit of disagreement mm. But you're getting it all out in the open. So it's about writing down how it's impacting upon you. Mm. Um, and then at that point, then I'd say, right, you're starting to formulate some ideas. Hmm, what's going on here? If this is the menopause, which it most likely is, if you're in your, particularly if you're in your mid 40s onwards, it's about speaking to healthcare professionals, particularly that are qualified in menopause. Mm. And if you go and see your health practitioners, there'll always be somebody that's done extra training in menopause. Yeah. Um, or even just somebody, a healthcare professional that you feel comfortable talking to. I mean, my personal view on that, rightly or wrongly, would be that you're, you would be better speaking to somebody such as yourself who is, you know, menopause is your like key focus rather than a GP that's a general practitioner. Um, so are there, so is there a network of pe people such as yourself? Uh, can you be contacted from anyone anywhere in the country? Yeah. I mean, this is a point to plug your business now, Diane. So <laughs> if, yeah. if people want to speak to Diane, because I mean, I've been sat here fascinated um, and Diane clearly knows everything that needs to be known about menopause. How do people contact and find you? Well, first of all, most of my clinics are online. So it doesn't matter where you live in the UK or the world. I see people from Europe and oh, America wow. and Canada as well. Yeah. Um, I can only prescribe for people that live within the United Kingdom. So if you live within the UK, that's not a problem. So online consultations, I can do one hour consultations. I can prescribe medication. I will write to your GP, but it's all about talking mm. i will listen and you will talk and together we'll formulate a plan to give you support and you can do prescriptions online yeah, yeah. i prescribe okay. online arrives the next day um i can arrange blood tests for you so if you need blood tests and when you need them i can arrange for a nurse to visit you in your own home and take your bloods mm. and it will arrive at the lab normally within a couple of days and i get the results like it's about who's interpreting them Mm. I interpret them in quite a different way because I understand about menopause, mm. but I understand about the symptoms and how they impact you. So people can contact me. My business is called Born to Care. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I will put in the audio description of the of this episode. I will link Diane's uh, businesses, Instagram pages, and all the rest of it. So I'll make it very easy to anyone listening that might want to get in touch with Diane um, to to do so. Um, interestingly, a different angle here. Would you be or are you open? Do you also talk to men at all? Yeah. My phone going off in the background. Very professional. <laughs> um, do you? Yeah. So would you be open to a conversation with a partner of a lady that's going through menopause? Yeah, I to... do. I do joint consultations. Do? Oh, yeah, okay, that's really I've good. got I've got face to face clinics in Worcestershire as well. Um, and often men come to those as well. Uh, and it's okay. really good because I'm getting a, a different viewpoint as well. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'm getting more truth mm. from partners. 
I'm sure there, there are men out there that would be interested in that. I would personally, if I was in that position where I was struggling and wanted to understand. Because I, ex I explain. Yeah. And sometimes it's better coming from a third person. Yeah. Um, because it's not taken personally and I'm explaining it in not in medical terms mm. in easy to understand medical terms but this is why your partner feels the way she does acts the way she does I'm not saying it's 100% just due to that there's always other factors mm. but you know the lack of female hormones can really really impact some women badly physically and emotionally as well so having men there is really important mm. um, I do yeah Absolutely. I've done um, talks within organisations that have been just for women and then I've done talks yeah. just for men and the difference is phenomenal. Mm. It's quite funny. Uh, men sit on their hands, head down, not talking. Um, and then at the end of it, because women are very vocal, and at the end of it, this one particular session, I had a queue, as far as the eye could see, of men whispering in my ear, really? wanting advice. <laughs> and I was whispering back to them. Yeah. We just need to be more open about it. But if men can come along with their mm. partners um, and, and find out about it and understand it more, it's only going to help your relationship. 100% I completely agree with that I mean you know the, the message of the podcast is let's talk yeah so I think that you know me personally from a man's perspective I was sort of trying to envisage that being in a, a men only environment and listening to a talk from you personally I'd be the one with my hand up asking 101 Good. questions you know <laughs> what, what can I do here what about this what about that what about the other yeah um but yeah from it's weird I think talking about menopause there is a a sort of stigma about it where people don't necessarily want to talk about it. Um, I mean, hands on from myself, I can't say that I've ever had a conversation with my friends or circle of friends about the menopause. Yeah. Yet it's something that's going to affect each and every one of our wives, partners, girlfriends, and, and like I say, any female member of the, of the family. So it's kind of strange that we wouldn't talk about it. It, can't, it should be a really open subject, in my opinion. It's just been one of those things that, oh, it's a woman's problem. You yes. know, oh, she's going through the change. Yeah. It's all been incredibly negative and it, secretive. Yeah, exactly which that. only it, yeah. feeds into the stigma, the taboo, the shame associated it, yes. with it. Yeah, I completely And it's like, completely God, we've got to get away from this. It does feel like it's very cloak and dagger. Yeah. You know, like you just said, it's the change. It's woman's problems. It's that kind of thing. But yeah. in reality, it's not because that change affects everyone in the relationship. Yeah. So it would be great to have a much more open viewpoint on it. Yeah, very much so. So, And hopefully uh, this episode today will do part in, you know, lifting that curtain, explaining a few things to us men as to what to expect and how to try to deal with it when that happens. Yeah. Um, is there anything you wanted to finish up on that we've missed out, Diane? Um, no, not we've missed out. Just to say, just to reiterate again, that it's about talking to each other mm. and finding out why, as a woman, you don't feel the way you do, what is going on. Stress and anxiety outside of your relationship will have a massive impact on how you cope with your menopausal symptoms. So think about getting some support and help from friends or other therapists. But talking then to partner about your symptoms, don't be ashamed, don't be afraid, just lay it out there. And the more open and honest you can be with each other, you'll find a way through it and you'll understand whether your relationship will get stronger or not because of it, but it will only help. It will only help. Yeah, I mean, the, it's unavoidable, isn't it? So yeah. that communication is key. Yeah. But yeah, thank you very much. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that this episode 
will be extremely informative to those out there listening that need to hear it. Um, if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast today, the one thing that you can do for us is give it a like, a share. If you've listened and thought that maybe there's somebody you know that would you know, benefit from listening to this, please direct them over to the episode. I'll make it very easy to contact Diana, Diane again. Um, and uh, thanks for listening. Thank you very much for having me oh, here. It's been Thank a pleasure. You. Thanks for coming.